Okay, so hey everyone and welcome back to Default Global. Uh, this is where we dive into chats with entrepreneurs and remote work experts from all corners of the globe. We're super excited to have Uro Farrer, Principal Strategy and Operations at GitLab, uh, joining us today. Uro, uh, it's fantastic to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you have an impressive background in remote work, including being a Forbes contributor and working with a number of well-known brands, you know. So with that, could you please tell us a bit more about yourself and your experience in this field? Absolutely. My journey with remote work started 17 years ago, which is a little bizarre to think about, but I that was the first time that I built a hybrid team. And then as an operations manager from that point forward, every company and every team that I worked with was either hybrid or fully distributed. So I like to say that um, I am an organizational development strategist first and uh, that happens mm -hmm. to have a passion for remote work but obviously in this space I definitely come across as a remote work advocate that happens to have a passion for organizational development but all along for the past 17 years I have been focusing on operations and the organizational benefits of remote work and how much workplace flexibility can improve the efficiency and success of businesses. So that is what I did as an operations manager for over a decade. And then I founded the world's leading consulting firm specializing exclusively in remote work and virtual organizational development. And then just last year, I came to GitLab and have taken over the workplace department, at, which we call TMOS. Okay, sounds cool. And as a thought leader in remote work, um, you have discussed this in a bunch of your interviews that I listened to. Mm -hmm. uh, you discussed this importance of empowering employees to be self-managers, right? And yes. I would like to start with this question. So for, for entrepreneurs uh, venturing into global hiring and remote work, what are some effective ways to help newly hired team members from diverse backgrounds uh, develop these self-management skills? Mm. Well, as we all know, remote work is knowledge-based work. And right. so the more that we can focus on knowledge and information, the more effectively we will be able to be virtual first leaders. So that's where I would start always is start with your documentation. Mm -hmm. Write down what are your expectations for self-management? What does that look like in your team? What does that look like in your company? Um, what skills or values are going to be required in order to be considered and evaluated as a successful self-manager? So I think good places to start are you know, self-efficacy, um, mm -hmm. proactivity, intrinsic motivation, task management, project management, emotional intelligence, um, let those get your wheels spinning, but make sure that that's where you start is articulating for all of your team members and for yourself about what your expectations are. Once you have them documented, then it's your responsibility to reinforce them. Don't just say it once and expect everybody to remember. Reinforce them on a daily basis. Call them out and say, that was a really good example of intrinsic motivation or thank you so much for being so proactive on this and not waiting for me to give you the assignment. Um, reinforce that over time in a very public way so that the whole team can see what expectations are and everybody can see what that those skills look like modeled. 
Yeah, it's clear that fostering the self-management skills in remote teams is essential because I know it for, for from my perspective because I also uh, founder of Global First Remote First Company, so I know that's uh, it's crucial. And speaking of which, this asynchronous you know communication can play a significant role in facilitating collaboration among employees from different backgrounds right so can you share some best practices for entrepreneurs who are in this transition to remote work um you know who would like to, you know to foster this effective asynchronous communication within their distributed teams yes well i think as the head of virtual organizational development and behavior for gitlab you can probably expect what i'm going to say but that is you need to have a single source of truth All right. That is the foundation of any asynchronous communication is that you as a manager have your expectations, your instructions, your goals, mm -hmm. all documented and available 24 hours a day. That is absolutely essential. So I think a lot of people come to GitLab as the icon of having mm -hmm. a source of truth, which Absolutely. Of course, we've got an incredible virtual handbook that has taken us over 10 years to develop. So I right. think that a lot of people also get very intimidated by the expectations of what a single source of truth can and should be. And that's where we have to go back into my history as, as an operations manager, as well as an operational consultant to say a single source of truth does not have to be extensive or comprehensive or impressive to begin with start small, iterate on it. Um, mm -hmm. It can just be a, a Google Doc that you open and write down your instructions for the week and then it's done. Or it could be an ongoing meeting agenda or whatever, but just mm -hmm. make sure that your team has one single place where they know that they can go to and reference for information and instructions and goals um, and objectives at any time. That single source of truth is Like, I cannot emphasize it enough. Your single source of truth is the foundation of successful and sustainable asynchronous communication. Then you supplement it, right? You mm -hmm. can supplement it with Slack or Microsoft Teams. You can supplement it with uh, synchronous communication, mm -hmm. but really, really focus on and invest in that single source of truth. Okay. And in one of your previous interviews, you also highlighted um, the the dangers of micromanagement in remote work environment, right? Mm -hmm. So as businesses expand uh, their teams globally, what strategies can entrepreneurs implement to strike the right balance between providing, let's say, support and autonomy to their team members in, in again, in various locations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we just have so many leaders that are used to or were trained to work in co-located environments. And even mm -hmm. if we've been working remotely for several years now, those habits are hard to break. And not only have we been learning them for years as individuals, we've been learning them for generations as a society. That We have all been conditioned to work in a physical work environment and therefore we manage based on physical elements because physical workplaces in physical workplaces you manage physical elements yeah. so what we need to really focus on and be very intentional about is the shift to knowledge work this is something that is just happening as 
a global socioeconomic community, right, is that we are shifting from physical labor to knowledge labor. And as such, we as managers and leaders need to be very strategic about how we play a role in that shift. And so as we shift to managing knowledge work, we therefore need to manage knowledge and supervise knowledge more. Mm -hmm. So instead of relying on time or location to keep our teams aligned, we rely on information to keep our teams aligned. So the more that we can, again, rely on that single source of truth and really focus on knowledge sharing, the more that we will be able to support that autonomy. It's really important to remember that autonomy is not abandonment. And Mm -hmm. that's the classic mistake where most managers make after coming out of a physical work environment or just physical-based habits is they think, well, out of sight, out of mind. And so they end up creating a a work environment of independence or isolation for their team members instead of autonomy. So the successful way to do this is just to replace that instinct to supervise with a habit to support. And that is just instead of saying, what are you doing and what are you working on and watching productivity happen, you are enabling productivity to happen by taking a more passive role and saying, what do you need? How can I help? You're empowering your individual team members to be self-managers. Yeah. And um, going back a bit to this balance, right? So it it seems that it is kind of essential part of uh, the essential part of achieving it is um, you have to find uh, people with the right soft skills, right? And for, for example, for entrepreneurs uh, who are kind of new to managing remote teams, how can they better evaluate soft skills in remote candidates in a remote environment? Uh, can you tell a few words about it? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, have transparent conversations with your human mm-hmm. resources department. Um, right. Skills-based hiring is a growing trend period. We as a society are are relying less on academic credentials in order to evaluate qualification for a role. So first, talk to your human resource department or a human resource consultant to see if they have ideas about how to move towards skills-based hiring in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Then once you do that, take a look at your processes and figure out how you are truly evaluating those skills. Uh, So I I don't know if you remember these. This is more from my traditional corporate environment, but Mm -hmm. there was the um, ethics test that you had to take when you were starting a new role. And so they would ask these questions like, if you have a stapler, would you take it home? And it was like... That is your assessment of whether Mm -hmm. or not I'm an Mm -hmm. honest person is if I'm going to use a stapler for personal purposes, (laughs) like this is maybe not an accurate reflection of my emotional intelligence, right? So we really need to think carefully about value-based operations in general and think Mm -hmm. about what those look like in action and then assess on those outcomes. So if we benchmark based on results, then we'll be able to tell if an individual is going to be able to fulfill those results and provide those results. So think about what skills 
are a priority for your mm -hmm. organization, what values are a priority for your organization. Think about what those look like in action and then build your assessments in collaboration with your human resource department based on those. And we know what those skills are thanks to great research. Uh, Dr. Roberta Swatsky is one that comes to mind that has provided incredible academic research on what the essential skills of remote workers are. Mm -hmm. So that's a great place to start if you don't have ideas of your own. Absolutely. And um, another important factor in managing remote teams from my perspective is kind of tracking performance and, you know, evaluating results, right? Mm -hmm. So, and how can companies apply this um, result-based result, result -based tracking and performance evaluation in remote work while keeping their employees motivated, satisfied, and avoiding this micromanagement, you know? Mm -hmm. Can you share some examples of it? Yeah, this is a perfect example of what we were talking about earlier, is mm -hmm. that difference between a physical work environment with physical elements right and a, a virtual or knowledge-based work environment with knowledge-based elements. When we want to see productivity in a physical work environment, we physically supervise with our eyes, we watch them. In a uh, information-based work environment, what we need to see is information because that's mm -hmm. the primary element of that work environment. So we need to be much, much, much more results based in our performance assessments. So what mm -hmm. type of information is coming out of this person? What kind of information do we see happening around this individual? What kind of contributions are they making in the synchronous and asynchronous communication channels? Mm -hmm. What kind of outputs are they creating as a result of their job? What kind of ideas are they contributing? What kind of feedback are they contributing to their peers? What kind of informational results are coming out of this person? And that's where we can and should develop their key performance indicators. So essentially have that conversation transparently, have that conversation frequently, have that conversation documented that answers the question, what does productivity look like in your role? Okay, and in this regard, in your company, in GitLab, do you have any any specific metrics to assess this remote work policies and ensure and ensure the smooth collaboration in terms of remote uh, remote teams? Um, yes and no. So the greatest kept secret about remote work is that remote work is still just work. So the metric right. that we should be <laughs> evaluating for our organization. Uh, to see if remote work is successful or not is just our organizational metrics. So okay. everything that we are evaluating in general, so engagement, productivity, output, efficiency, uh, attrition, retention, all of those are organizational development metrics that are imperative to the success of the company. So those are the metrics that we monitor. And then if remote work helps us increase those mm -hmm. metrics, then it's doing a good job. So uh, as both a consultant as a, and as a practitioner, I don't recommend that companies create new goals or new mm -hmm. metrics to measure mm -hmm. the success and sustainability of their remote work policies. I actually recommend that they evaluate whether or not their remote work policies are helping contribute to the success of their existing organizational goals. Okay. 
Okay, that's a good answer. Um, and probably my my last question to you would be, what are the three key elements companies should consider before starting global hiring uh, to create this successful distributed workforce? Mm. Yes, this is a really great question because so many leaders do not put enough strategy into their global hiring protocols and policies. Mm -hmm. Uh, because they just say, oh, we want to be trendy or cool and we're going to hire from anywhere. Right. Um, or they're very limited in their scope and they say, well, I'd really like to have somebody close by so they can work from home, but they still need to be within an hour of me, mm -hmm. right? Those are the two ends of the spectrum. And where your company should land somewhere in the middle of that spectrum is really unique to your company what is a good and effective and successful strategy for one organization is going to be different than a successful strategy for another organization. Mm -hmm. So it's important that each organization develops their remote work policies and their global hiring policies uniquely. I especially recommend with the help of a consultant because, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So right. the three categories to answer your question that I would recommend on that is mm -hmm the uh, synchronous versus asynchronous culture of your team. Mm -hmm. There's not a right or a wrong answer here. Asynchronous is more trendy because it's new, but a lot of cultures really do thrive or operationally require synchronous collaboration. So think about how synchronous you would like your team to be. If you would like them to be working generally during the same hours every day, there is absolutely no problem with requiring people to work from the same time zone or same two or three time zones. But if you are async only and it doesn't matter when people are working and you mm -hmm. actually need global distribution for, you know, around the clock uh, representation and accessibility of your team, hire globally. That's great too. Another factor to consider is operational profitability. It's mm -hmm. very expensive to hire right. globally. It's very expensive. And most companies do not understand the tax requirements um, and employment law requirements that are necessary in order to have a fully distributed workforce. So if you're trying to operate your business in a more lean financial model, or you're a small business, or you're really trying to prepare for a high phase of growth, mm -hmm. you might want to think carefully about global distribution. Mm -hmm. And then the third factor that I would determine uh, that I would decide on. So we've got culture, we've got cost. And the third is, I would just say, a sense of um, documentation. Again, that single source of truth. Do you have the resources, the time, the money, the people necessary to create a strong infrastructure for a globally distributed team? It does take a lot of work and a lot of intention in order to create a strong infrastructure for a globally distributed team um, in order to make sure everybody feels equipped and productive and equal. So if you are not prepared to put the proper investment into that infrastructure, you may want to default to something more uh, with a closer proximity. Okay, okay, sounds good. Um yeah i guess then we're good for today so thanks uh thanks a lot for sharing your amazing insights frankly speaking and i hope we can meet again soon to continue this conversation and learn even more from your expertise thank you very much thanks for having me